Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friendly Ties. We today are doing something that we have not quite done before, which is to go and do something that we have already done, which is to talk about Arc Nova. So uh, a little bit of a trick here, because actually I want to start off by kicking it over to Anastasia to talk about Golden Geek. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) It's a trap. (laughs) Well, thank you, Nick. So I have a little bit of a favor to ask everyone that is listening to this right now. So when we started this podcast... Ooh, almost two years ago, guys. Yeah, yeah. 18 it's months been ago ish. Yeah. At least. This was Arc Nova was our third episode, and that was 18 months ago. So yeah. it is it has been a it been a little bit of time. I had an aspiration that I wanted to get Friendly Ties uh nominated for a Golden Geek Award. I do not have any illusions of grandeur here. I do not expect <laughs> to win the Golden Geek Award. All right. I just want to get nominated. That's all I want. I don't want to win. <laughs> I just want to get nominated. So as it turns out, you can help us do that. It's true. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So for four low payments <laughs> of zero dollars and zero zero cents, you can click a link. <laughs> you can click a link. And you can do that. Um, it, it it is slightly easier if you're already a member of Board Game Geek, but if you're not, you can you can also do that. Uh, but there is a link in the description. If you click on that link, you can uh, it will take you right to the nomination page in which you can nominate as many podcasts as you want, all the podcasts you want. If if I was one of them, it's not as many as you want, but but several. Um, <laughs> if we were one of them, I, I wouldn't complain. Um, you can also nominate a number of other games uh, for Golden Geek Award. I, I believe there's a number of other Golden Geeks. Yeah, there's a ton of different categories. It's a pretty neat thing. Just the, the community can can uh, can weigh in in some ways, and uh, and they have a podcast category. So yeah, it'd be it'd be neat if we showed up there. But <laughs> I'm not going to be too no upset pressure. If we don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to be devastated, but it's going to be fine. From from purely a, a game theory perspective, shouldn't we tell folks to just vote for us and no other podcasts because it will like yeah. up our relative score? <laughs> That's true. <right>? Leave it to <laughs> that Nick is absolutely to, uh, true. to come in with the, the dominant true. strategy of this. I was like trying to be nice, but yeah, okay. So let me take that back. Don't vote for anyone else. Just vote for us. All those there other podcasts. I love you. And when you get nominated, I'll tell everyone to vote for you because I don't want to win. I just want to get nominated. So just <laughs> nominate. Friendly ties, we're going geek award. All right, I think I've said enough on that. Um, <laughs> shall we get back to the episode? We do. Yeah, actually yeah. We actually want to are talk talking about Arc Nova, Nova today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we when we first started Friendly Ties, like Anastasia said, it was one of our first episodes. Um, Arc Nova was just coming out. Like Essence Spiel had happened like two weeks before we released our episode. So people in Europe, some people in Europe had copies. No one outside of Europe essentially did. And the game was just starting to get a little bit of hype. And we did this whole episode. In fact, it's interesting. We recorded an episode, then played it more, and then did an addendum to that episode. And here we are like the third time <laughs> doing another uh, another addendum, addendum an to addendum the to the addendum <laughs> but like a lot has changed um in that amount of time and our opinions have maybe modified also this game 
is number four on the all-time list on Board Game Geek right now. Is it like, that high? Yes, it's oh skyrocketed. God. It's been wow. incredibly popular, way more so than I think any one of us could have uh, imagined. And um, it recently went up on Board Game Arena uh, in Alpha. And the three of us have played uh, it there, you two far more than me, and we're like, you know what? We just have so much more to say. So um, I have played it. 18 times now. It's going to start with some numbers, some raw numbers. Last time we <laughs> recorded this, I think I'd played it three times. And and I, I ended that podcast saying, I hope to play this one more. I had no clue that I would play it 18 times. That is a lot for me. I just looked it up. Um, this is the 20th most played board game I've ever done. Um, like in the wow. 13 years I've been logging my board games. So that's really impressive especially considering how long the game takes to play we joke sometimes i play a game three times and then i don't come back to it and i played this one 18 times and it's a far different story for you two wait does did, do you log board games and card games separately no like the fact that you've played like teach 100 million times is like teach you one of the top 20 on there yeah teach is number one crokinole is number two <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah so that's actually even more impressive than it's yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that is impressive yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure especially given the length I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember finishing that podcast and being like, you know, ha- doing that thing that I do where I'm like, oh, this is like kind of addictive and I want to kind of like figure this game out and I'm going to keep playing it. But like, I don't know how much more I'm going to keep playing it. Like there will probably be some sort of upper limit. And honestly, one of the biggest reasons that I have wanted to do this episode is because not just because of it coming into Alpha and PGA and how many times I played it in the last couple of weeks, but how many times I played it in the last 18 months i mean like i think at this point i don't log my plays but i played it 15 times on bga (laughs) so but before that i know i played at least two dozen times so i'm i'm somewhere around 40 plays probably of this game uh, over the last 18 months you know and for me that is a lot of games like i you know i play more games now than i ever did before thanks to the internet but still, that, that particularly for a fairly new release that like didn't really come out in the height of the pandemic. I mean, we can go back and say Holler Tau and Anno eighteen hundred and other games that we played a ton, you know, during lockdown. But this this game this game has gotten a lot of playtime for me. Serious staying power. And I've probably played I don't know fifty or sixty times, maybe yeah. is like a decent guess. <laughs> yeah, just an incredible amount, especially considering. So all three of us listened to our our podcast episode over the last few days to get ourselves psyched up and ready for this. And the my feeling listening to us in that last episode was we had fun. We were looking forward to playing it more, but we were all tempered in our opinions of it um, to, to various degrees, um, which is, yeah. again, why I think I'd be surprised if I could go back in time and, and tap all the three of us on the shoulder and tell us how much we'd actually play in the next <laughs> year and a half. It's just crazy because, you know, it's not a short game. I mean, we, it's shorter now than it used to be, but it's still not a short game. We actually just played a game, the three of us. We stopped like 20 minutes ago, um, three-player game on Board Game Arena, and it took about two hours and 20 minutes. Um, that's, yeah. I think, partly because I am a slow player. Nick is twice as fast as I am, according to the statistics on VGA. But, um, <laughs> you know, we talked about the game potentially being shorter, and it definitely has gotten shorter. But also, I've played a lot of two-hour, two-player games where we're just kind of like leaning into it, you know? Letting the crunch happen. That's part of the fun. Well, you know, twice as fast as twice as many games. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Nick with the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact that I can play this game now 
two player in 90 minutes, nine, you know, 90 minutes, hundred minutes easily. And I remember it is actually funny listening to the podcast because it, John, I think you even uh, referenced the designer saying, well, once you know the game, you know, people can play it at 90 minutes. And I remember thinking in my head, like, bullshit. <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep that out um and you know but that's because i mean anyone who's heard that podcast you go back and listen to it our first play of this game took we now we were filming it but it took like five hours it was so long it was and so arduous yeah we wouldn't even post it that was back when we were posting playthroughs we didn't post it we were miserable. Like it was one of our worst gaming experiences <laughs> as a trio it's true. ever. Like I didn't even, we didn't even say that, in the day. like, but it really was. Yeah. It was not a great play. And yet we all were so intrigued by it that we did then play it again. And I think it took us four hours. I mean, again, filming, but it, it still felt like, man, this is going to be a long game. I, 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 I said things like this is just AP inducing, but, once you know the game, it gets faster. It gets easier. It sinks in. It flows. And I, I, that is a big factor of this game. It just took a little time. But it, it, it's one of the few games that has actually, for me, it's the easiest game that I've played in a long time to reload. I am surprised at how quickly I remember how, so much of the game, given how many little intricacies there are and how many things there are to remember. I think that's a really good point. So... I've got a different thing that I'll get into in a minute that ties in really heavily with that. I think that there's a lot of the systems in Arc Nova, as we said in our original episode, they pull from a lot of different things. So if you're a gamer, it's a really good chance that it's pretty easy to kind of like pluck this from there, that from there, and you're like, oh, it all puts together. But the other thing is that it's actually pretty intuitive what you're going to do yeah right? like it's the the pieces that you do every kind of card that you have or, or put into play like yeah there's a lot of like special cards or special rules but for the most part it's like place down a thing where an animal can live and then pay some money and now the animal is there and lives there and you're like great awesome that's really cool and then oh this special card is a geologist and he likes rocks so i go to the rock places yeah. you know like there's a lot of stuff that i think is intuitive that makes it easy for for people to like you said reload but also to uh pick up i taught this game to my dad who's a heavy gamer and my stepmom was not a heavy gamer she'll play games with us but i thought it was going to be a really big struggle and she like glommed onto it i mean i was really really impressed at how quickly you know, she picked it up and then we played this game that I had a lot of experience with. My dad ended up winning the game and then the two of them played by themselves separately from me and then she ends up beating him. So there's something that's like very accessible about this game that is I, I, like to me on the surface just dense and uh, and I was wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think if there was one thing we were all totally wrong about it is that it is, it is how accessible i think this game is how how easy it's much easier than i thought to teach it's much easier than i thought to grasp i honestly don't know what was wrong with us like i like i don't know if it like hadn't come out long enough i mean we literally have a a board game rules expert teaching it to us and and yet <laughs> i like i don't know like it, i don't know if it was the tts i there was something about the game that that just at the beginning i think probably from a lack of overall familiarity with 
the shape of the game. I think in every game I've played since and even games I've taught, I think if people have either come into the game with a, with a general understanding of kind of what it's going to be and then with a few pointers from myself or others, it's been so easy for them to pick it up. It's just, I, I was honestly so surprised that I had made such a big deal about this concept of how hard it would be for new players and yeah i don't think it is well i I was wrong (laughs) i think i think it really there's a wide variety of 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 people out there who are going to intersect with this game and over the last year and a half i have heard a refrain over and over again from a good number of people when i bring up ark nova i'm like oh yeah i love ark nova i played it so many times i keep hearing oh i played it once it took four or five hours i don't think i'm ever going to play that game again I have heard that over and over again uh, from people who are highly experienced board gamers. And I usually say, well, was it a four-player game? Yes, it was a four-player game. And mm. I think that's because it's a Euro game. People are used to Euros. And I think it's just very easy to be like, yeah, most Euros are best with four players. Let's get four people around the table. And I think you absolutely do not want to learn this game at four uh, for just about everyone because of the time uh, needed, especially if all four people are new. Um, uh, even three people new is, is is slightly better. But we're not alone in, in having that really rough first play. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I do love this game. Like, it, I, I gave it the number two slot when I did a top ten list uh, for this year. Uh, I, I put Scout in the top spot. And um, and I was wrong. <laughs> this yeah, game I was like, do you have regrets? Yes, I super yeah. do. I'd played the game like seven <laughs> times at that point. Now I've played it 18 times. I've, and I've played Scout like tw- twice since then, and I've played it like ten times more. And Scout's this tiny little card game. But what I'm trying to say is this game is so lovely, and I, I enjoy playing it with the people I play with so much. It's my wife's one of her favorite games ever. Um, it, she was in love with it the first time I taught it to her, so she was a little bit not one of those people who bounced off. But again, I was already experienced with the game, so when I taught it, um, I could do better at it. But if four people, nobody knows it, just plunged into that really long thing, excruciating game, and again, the, you are in charge of when the game ends. We talked about that quite a bit in the first episode. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing, then the game could feel like it could last forever. And, ah, oh, man, I really wish there was a really short beginner mode that we, like, came with the game. I really do. Like, play this way first. Um, but, you know, we already talked about the last time. I just want to say you're not crazy. And we're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that I wanted to say earlier is kind of like my, my... I feel like in a lot of ways my biggest kind of takeaway from this experience is that Arc Nova has blown my expectations of what folks are willing to tolerate in a board game Mm -hmm. and the time thing is very real i still think this game is too damn long Um, (laughs) and i play a lot of it like and i'm and i feel a little psychotic at some points where i'm like ah this game's so long it has like these problems on the strategy side it can you can have really frustrating experiences and it's it's it is bad to me it is bad design to have a game that you can have a miserable frustrating experience in your first few rounds and then you know you're going to lose the game and it's going to take three or four hours to do that and i yet i keep coming back to it other people keep coming back to it like like can't stop you just can't stop it like ends up being strangely addictive even though it has these things that i think are like these like huge flaws so there's something there that is just like i is is hitting my brain and i'm like oh okay like i people are willing to kind of look past some of these uglier parts because of the things that they really like about this game. 
And I kind of want to explore what that is. Yeah. You know, I there's a one of my best friends from college, her and her boyfriend are very big gamers, but her boyfriend even more so than her, right? And and particularly in Euro games. And she tolerates them. I think is it like shit called blow like all the games I played once, like all the dusty brown boxes, you know? Like yeah. that's how she views uh my taste. And yet, you know, when she was like Arc Nova, she was like I got to build a zoo full of monkeys and like, she's not like, she's a great gamer, but like, you know, and it's funny because people keep comparing this game to earth and earth is the lighter, faster version. And her boyfriend was pitching earth to her. And she was like, do I get to build a zoo of monkeys? And then then I played (laughs) earth the other night and I immediately texted her and I was like, Earth is not Arc. Like, no, you're yeah. gonna hate Earth. Like, Earth is everything that you hate about Euro games, and Arc Nova is. It has that right. Like, it. it there's something. I don't want to get away from your point, Nick, about the addictive quality because that was one of the things I was gonna say. But there's also just there's something really engaging about the thing that you are building, right? Like, whether it is your zoo of monkeys or that that game of birds that I had and that that game that we uh, recorded the playthrough of or whatever, I should say lack of birds, um, but whatever it is about your zoo, whether it's the map you're playing, I mean, one of the things we touched on at the end of that episode was this concept of, like, these the all these different asymmetric maps well as it turns out the asymmetric maps are awesome they're amazing they're they make for completely different experiences every time you you can't get enough of them that alone is super interesting the zoo that i'm playing the animals that i'm playing the way my action cards played out the hand that i drew the hand that i drew later in the game like there's just there's something so satisfying about what you're building like it almost reminds me of like a 4x game or something but like in a much more compact much more euro-y package like and it just to your point nick like even when i have bad games i mean i literally am coming off a 10 game losing streak tonight like i I might be exaggerating slightly but i'm and then i I crushed you and i was like (laughs) but not once did i say like oh no like our friend Hung has just beat me so many times in a row. And and then every night I'm like, hey. Let's do yeah, it again. It's let's do it again. Like you free? It's it's eleven o'clock at night. And I'm like, <laughs> do you, you wanna, you're free for a quickie? Arc Nova? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just I find this game to be very addictive and highly satisfying and and, and in a way that just scratches so much of what I enjoy about board gaming. Um in part because of, of of that feeling nick that it just no matter what happens to me in the game i have a good time and, and that is something i know i said in that episode and, and that's something that, that that remains true yeah i think a lot of it is that you have built something yes. and 100 that's i think a really sexy gameplay loop and i don't mean you know, a lot of games have you building something at the table right some big center map but it's like you are building something i have my board i have my zoo and my cards there's i think a lot of ownership over your experience in this game yeah yeah, yeah. and you have a lot of ownership about going through the pieces of of running the zoo you know those action cards that you have in front of you they're just everything that you need to do you know you need to have cards. Cool. There's a cards button to to draw cards. Okay, well, you need to put these in enclosures. You, you build them. You got to put them in there. Okay, well, you do the animals card. Like each one of these things really seems just in line with the plan that you're putting together. And I, I think that the way, 
Like, you don't have to do them all in a row. Like, it feels like this game could have totally existed in a different structure where we all had the cards phase, and then we all had a building phase, and then we all had a putting the animals down phase, because you're going to do all these things. But the way it gets decoupled from one player to the next, and the way you have ownership over how quickly you you run these things. You know, I've talked to people who've played this a few times. You know, one of my friends, after playing it once, uh, a very competent Eurogamer, asked me, what percentage of the time do you activate things in the five slot versus other slots? And I, I thought about it and I said, I think maybe like 20 to 30% of the time, you know, usually I'm, I'm hitting the other spots. And he was really surprised by that. He thought it would be a lot more than that. And talking to other people, and I've asked this question to other people, and I've heard people say, oh, like 80 or 90%. Like, oh, yeah, I, I pretty much always just running the thing that's in the, in the five slot. And I think that that just shows that people can approach this game from different perspectives. But from my personal perspective, I love that a lot of these actions are only conditionally better with higher uh, numbers. So it really does make sense to just keep, you know, popping things when they're at the right number, not necessarily the biggest number, so you could get them back up again quickly. And that's a little bit of a a loop that I find really great to think about. You know, should I build right now to build that size 3 so the build goes back down again so that in two more turns it's back to the size 3 spot so I can build another size 3? I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense, especially early on in the game. And I think this is just one of the the many little puzzly things that, that that becomes satisfying to me. I think it's kind of an understated uh, brain path <laughs> for me to go through. Yeah, yeah. I think it's almost like you're not building an engine, but no, you're you super running are. one. You're just you're just running an engine that was already created for you that you get to, you know, basically push push all the different pedals on. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting that it's action selection of your own actions. I mean, it's what I love about Concordia too. It's like this concept of like, you get to pick what you do sure, yeah. and how you do it, but you're not, you could say, Oh, well, that's like worker placement. You have those spots on the board, but, but it, but it's not because there's no competition with people over it and the order of them and the way you, you choose them and your ability to use them and the value of, of using them. That part alone is so engaging, let alone what you then do with it you know to your point john yeah the freedom is nice and the the games that are truly miserable are the ones essentially where you've accidentally backed yourself into a corner and there is there there's nothing like this is a game where you can actually just basically do nothing and you could you could have put yourself in a position or gotten really unlucky but more likely you just didn't have the like crazy foresight you needed to um to to not take any actions and then those are the game experiences that i think can lean on the like very miserable side yeah and yet and yet like i want to say something to that nick because like i i do agree with you right like you can put yourself in that position and and it can be it can not only be difficult to get out of but it also can just be frustrating particularly as other people are doing things and then and then seeing yourself losing tempo and like this game because of the way the game is like it's a player driven end game and you, you, these two tracks have to cross and it's it's uncertain there there is a there's a tempo to it and it, it's a much more tactical game than it is strategic like it for me actually i think it's the perfect balance because there is a ton of strategy and there's a there's a ton of tactics and they're they're actually maybe more evenly weighted but but it is the, those tactics you know come out quite a bit especially um in kind of that race to the finish but I, what I want to say kind of to your point about that misery is that, is that for me, compared to other games, and I'm particularly thinking of the Italian designers, the 
the the Grand Austria Hotel, the Gollum. Um, Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of another game we played around the same time, which yeah. I don't think any of us have played again no. since nope. then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, uh, even I. You know, I I'm, I love Messina 1347. I love Grand Austria, but those games when uh, you fall apart, like I feel like you completely and utterly fall apart. There's like nothing to do. There's no hope of getting back into the game. It's over. You had your 12 turns or whatever, and you're done. And the people around you are taking these extraordinary long pop-off turns. And I know that there's a quality of that here. But for me, I actually think one of the advantages to the length of the game, and this is probably the thing that I like most about it, is that I have never played a game of Ark Nova where I truly felt like I was out of it. And if anything, I felt like this is one of the rare games that I think you have time to, you know, scramble, fall apart, foible around, whatever. Like, I don't like not know what you're doing or have a long con game and like still get it together by the mid game and, and have a shot. Like, it's just for me, one of the rare gaming experiences where I feel like, I can either have a great plan and kind of consistently execute it or there's going to be enough time that if my first, my starting hand sucks or if something else goes wrong or I make a mistake, I will have time to make up for it. I will have time to adjust. It's not over because I played one bad action. Yeah. And that's something I really like about this game. I think that's because it's not an engine building game. Like it really isn't. And I think some people expect it to be. Uh, you know, uh, it's often uh, compared to Terraforming Mars, and depending on your definition, I think Terraforming Mars is much more of an engine-building style game. But in Ark Nova, most of what you do is done once you do it. You build that building, and then you put an animal into it, and that's it. Like, that animal gets you a certain number of points. Maybe it gives you an effect. You can, you know, move this around or draw a couple extra cards, but that's it. You don't have, like, a monkey engine. You don't have a predator engine. You can have a combo that you could put together if you have a bunch of predators and you play another one to, like, continue getting uh, the benefit from drawing, if you draw into the cards that does that. But it's not, like, something that just keeps happening over and over again. Sure, the more points you have, the more money you get, so you can talk about that a little bit, but, you know, you're talking about being able to get back in the game. I think it's because this game is all about popping off at the right time. Like, you can put together explosive, humongous turns, and then peter out and do nothing for, like, five turns after that as you're like, okay, well, now I'm just, like, doing this, and I'm putting a tiny little animal in there. Like, you, you don't want to have your uh, grand finale and then miss, not, not get to the finish line. Um, like, it's, it's all about hitting that at the right time, and so I think You've probably seen that happen before as well, Anastasia, where like somebody explodes ahead of you and you're like, well, how am I going to catch up? And then, well, then you have your stuff all come together and then you explode as well. And and now they're kind of gassed out to a certain extent. And it kind of depends on who gets across the threshold at the end uh, first. I, so I just think it's it's interesting. I think a lot of people have the wrong conception of what this game really is because of how it can be compared to so many other Euro games that have a lot more engine building mechanics in there yeah yeah i so first of all i do i definitely agree that it is more tactical than it is strategic and i think that is a boon and i also will agree that if if the wheels come off you still get to play the game like yeah. you might have a sort of three four rounds that are really bad but then you get to 
then break comes and you get some more money and you get to start like taking your actions again. Um, I think my, I don't have the same sort of, uh, positivity that like i'll be able to come back <laughs> i'm of the opinion that the the rubber banding in this game is quite weak um there are mm -hmm. some strategies that have unrealized gains mm -hmm. uh and they they might come into play later but i don't think there's really any rubber banding or very little rubber banding and for those of you who are listening i do this dumb thing where i play games by myself and i play multiple seats in the game and so this dumb thing hold on hold 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 hold, hold on <laughs> hold on I just want to clarify what this is. If you've ever doubted the pure brilliance of Nick, <laughs> he plays four player Ark Nova in hot seat against himself, four versions of himself. And then at the same time plays an async game with me. I'm just, I just want to point <laughs> out that he can do that all at once. And we all wonder why Nick always wins. <laughs> well, so, so, that's your point. <laughs> so the point, the point here Back is that, to the you know, episode. <laughs> a handful of those games that I play with myself, right? The top to bottom score, you know, is 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 fifteen or twenty points for all the way from first to fourth place. But then I also played a game where I blew myself out by like forty five points in a game where like the score starts at like like a hundred ish, right? Like your scale score is like somewhere from like a hundred to one hundred and fifty or ignore the negatives and all that confusing stuff but like 100 to 150 is like the score that you're looking at over the course of the game and i regularly see people lose this game by 50 40 points like a third of the score scale yeah and that is it, myself to myself included <laughs> right like there's there's something oddly snowbally in a game that like doesn't have you know like you said it's not an engine there's no like kind of there is an income system, but the income is very muted. You know, once you get, that is the rubber banding, right? Is yeah. that the income, once you get past a certain point, it doesn't get like crazy, you know, larger, but you might have a couple certain cards in play that just make such a big difference, or you might just have cards that have absolutely no synergy whatsoever. And then you're just kind of like, it feels more like you are treading water and I just I, I find myself with that that feeling every once in a while where it's just like, yeah, I'm 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 just trying to get through um, more than like everything is popping off. And, you know, to your point, Anastasia, like that can be OK, because as you were saying, John, right, like each of the pieces are are discrete. And actually, sometimes you can feel like, oh, I'm in trouble and it ends up working out OK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the elephant in the room for this game is the deck of cards. Huh. Right. Yeah. It's I the, mean, yeah. Like you're talking about, you know, you're playing against yourself and you have these potential massive swings and well, maybe the person who won by a lot, they drew into their combo better. And and I think, you know, the number one complaint I hear about this game, and I really do think we should talk about it, is card draw luck. Uh, and is that a bad thing? Because um, I've heard the whole range of opinions from other people. And it is true. Like it's an enormous deck of cards. And this you absolutely should not try to draw something that's going to be good for you, you should just deal with what you have. But I mean, the last time you and I played Anastasia before this, a two-player game, I I just drew so many of these predators, and then I drew the predator conservation card, and then I drew the lion that scored for all the predators I had already, and and I won by one point, and uh, one point, <laughs> like literally one point. Did I beat you or did the deck beat you? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because when you, when you think about this and, and i do want to add this caveat to to what i said because uh, to go to what you said nick about 
there's not a lot of rubber banding and it, and it is true we should we should all remember that the the girl who said she just lost 10 games in a row is the one who was like i never felt like i was out of it like i don't <laughs> actually know to what extent winning is like possible because he, for me the experience is not always about you know <laughs> winning um i'm always attempting to win but you know in terms of the actual success of that i'm not sure if my math would add up based yeah. on you know these horrible draws and i want to i want to acknowledge that because of the game we just played you know it was a three player game and nick had a terrible hand draw at the beginning he he told us that he continued to tell us that he drew dozens of times i feel like dozens of times he continued to try and draw cards and it it never really came together i mean nick you 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 still ended up in third by one point right to john so you you kind of brought it back but i caught up i caught up right yeah. like and it was a nice experience to catch up but like i yeah i just felt like i was losing all yeah, game long but, and but I was right. he did <laughs> he did he felt like he was losing him i felt like i was kind of consistently ahead for most of the game and then uh, frankly i didn't take my lead and let's be clear i have done plenty of games where i've done exactly what john said and i have like had this a great turn and then or great several turns and then tanked my lead and i think that i'm going to go back to what john was trying to bring up which is the cards and that is to say that the deck and the randomness are what make this game possible for every single thing that we are saying and 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 i I mean that Love in the that. best and the and, and like the worst of ways. And I, you know, in that the episode that we did about Ark Nova initially, like that was my biggest complaint. I said, you know, there's a ton of randomness. If you don't like that, like it was my biggest concern. And yet I, I think that actually for me, where the deck falls into that is that this game just wouldn't be what it is without the the possibility, the magic, the uncertainty, the unknown, just the the literal fabric of the game that are are the cards that you draw you can draw into something amazing you can dig for something amazing you can you mean to let go of a strategy because you can't get what you want i mean adapting to that adapting to what's in your hand adapting to what comes out in the card river it, it's just it, it's just part of the game and i i i wouldn't change that if anything at this point i just want more I just want more cards yeah preach honestly so well said yeah, I mean, th there's almost like a, a gambling slot machine result from that deck. I mean, in that game, when I drew that yeah. lion, I just, I yelped, like, <laughs> so happy. Like, I, you, <laughs> yeah. you draw a card and just this extreme elation. And, and, you know, there's the, you know, 30 other times I drew a card and I was like, eh, this is work. Eh, this isn't good. But then every now and then, you know, you, you hit the jackpot and you're like, oh, my gosh, I got so lucky. And then you're like. Did you actually get so lucky? How many cards did you draw until that actually <laughs> happened? It's, it's it's just an interesting endorphin thing that 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 does really work. I love I love the point. I think that the the card deck is the lifeblood of the game and like, you know, like I said earlier, this game has thrown out the window my expectations for what people are willing to tolerate. Yeah. It seems like too much randomness for me for a long game for I don't even. I, I guess it's a heavy game, right? Like, it, I think it is a heavy game. There's a lot. I mean, of rules. is it like are we? Going, I, I mean, I, I compared it to Gaia Project last time, and like, I don't know. Well, I think I was wrong. <laughs> well, it's a lot more tactical than Gaia Project. Like Gaia Project, it has is tons of long-term strategy. In this but game, it, it doesn't break my so brain much. in the same way. Right. Yeah. Well, I think because no. you can't think as long-term, and and you're you looking at what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and and. Sure, you could trip and fall in Arc Nova, but generally something you did an hour ago does not trip you up now. It's something you did 
10 minutes ago. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk about a game where you can ruin yourself, you know, (laughs) utterly. Yeah. (laughs) Like in this game where I like, where I didn't know what to do. I was building these like five enclosures and the two of you were like, oh my God, what do you have planned? I was like, I have nothing planned, but maybe I'll draw into fives. And if not, I can play four guys there. Like there are ways to sort of like hedge and... And that's nice, right? That, that you, you can kind of like start setting up and moving in a direction um, even even if you don't have a perfect game plan on the spot and that's okay. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of it is just this game is very much about the journey. I mean, the destination is yeah. fun. Like winning is fun. You know, you want to be competitive. But it, it's, it's so much about the journey. Do you get there? Like sometimes I just kind of feel like kind of not necessarily sad, but like when the game is over, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess the game is over now. Like, I was enjoying doing that. And I think that's where the addictive uh, part comes in. Because I'm not thinking, oh, I want to play this again so I win next time. Like, oh, I want to play this again so I can be playing it again. (laughs) Yeah. So, speaking of the deck, I actually am curious on another thing that we talked a lot about in that uh, our first episode about Arc Nova, you know, which is the mean cards, essentially. Mm -hmm. And how much have we played with or without them since or do we still feel the same way and if our opinions have changed yeah <laughs> well i've not used them since i've literally played one game with the mean cards out of those 18 is but that the I first one just that first that game? was the very first game that's literally wow. the only time yeah yeah i mean i'm the same way i i played i played that first game and i played one other on bga and it's because i i forgot to click peaceful and <laughs> I, <laughs> and then i used the card and like demolished like the other play I felt so bad. Like I, I like I was like, uh, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. I didn't like it. But, you know, i I am glad to have played it again to kind of be reminded of that because it you know, it's part of the game. But I think Nick, you have played more than I think I, I have. I've started playing with them again, not because I like them, but because I'm preparing for a tournament and I thought that I don't know if the tournament's going to use them as rules. So I just didn't want to be blindsided by their effects. Yeah. Um, I still kind of hate them. Uh, I think very much our first gameplay was one of those game experiences. Uh, Well, okay, let me take a step back. I think most of the time the, the mean cards don't, have a very terrible effect on the game i think in a lot of games that you play them maybe one in ten games you play them they're like there maybe someone gets hit it's not that big a deal but every once in a while like you play it and it's like it's done at a point where it's early in the game and it just completely hamstrings a player or maybe multiple players but it's usually like one player who gets like hamstrung and it's not even necessarily the player who's winning like you might look and be like well it can only attack the person with the most appeal but as we know having the most points in a game does not necessarily mean that you're winning and especially in a game that has two kinds of victory points it definitively doesn't mean that you're winning sometimes (laughs) and so it just has these like kind of really frustrating moments that i don't think are worth the moments where they actually are kind of fun I feel like in the early game, I'm spending enough time trying to focus on like how soon is someone going to activate the break? Like, am I going to have enough time to get what I want to do done while I have enough money and, and let alone focusing on those elements of it, but also just the, the nature of a game that we've talked about is, is so satisfying for what you are building, for what you're creating and your hope is what you're creating is, well, frankly, better than everyone else's, but then to, to so directly attack someone for it now 
Having said that, I, I do recognize a lot of people play this game with the attack cards. I, I'm actually honestly shocked at how many games I see on BGA of people like so rarely actually do I feel like I see people, you know, posting games with, you know, peaceful mode uh, on it. So, so I, I imagine, and I'd be actually curious, you know, for people listening to this, if you have played Ark Nova and you want to comment in the comments, like, I'd be curious, how do you play it? Because I am genuinely curious, like how many people play the game with these negative cards? I mean, for me, I feel exactly the same way I felt 18 months ago. It do, I don't lose anything from it and, and it definitely, it doesn't add anything. And if anything, it, it, it takes away, but I also like playing games. I don't feel like Ark Nova's multiplayer solitaire, but I guess, you know, from a strict definition, it, it could be, and that doesn't bother me at all. So I've been pretty clear that I don't like to be a mean player, except I guess if you're Nick and you're winning and I feel... <laughs> And then you're positively gleeful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two, I think there's two kind of primary forms of interaction in the game that to me say, yeah, this is not as multiplayer solitaire as some other games that I've played. And it is, it's the tempo of the break stuff and paying attention to that. And then the racing yep. for the conservation points. Like I will say one thing that I actually really like about playing this on BGA compared to playing on Tabletop Simulator or in real life, which by the way, in real life, does anybody else feel like the pieces are very small? It always throws me off. Um, I'm I'm actually genuinely trying to think if I've ever played it in real life. Like I'm sitting here, own I it. own it. I I do. <laughs> sure? oh, good. Well, please, guys, if there's anything to know about me, that is not a marker of whether or not I've played the game for real. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I have. Yeah, the I mean, vast majority I, I, of my plays have been actually physical. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. probably. You know, maybe not vast majority, but ten out of those eighteen. Yeah, I think in my mind I've played it with you, John, but I, I honestly don't know no, if I have. Anyways, I that's have. not important, but clearly... The, I, the enclosures I in particular just feel so teensy to me. I don't know why. Are they really? <laughs> Are they so tiny? <laughs> <laughs> but on BGA, it immediately just tells you how many tags a person has. You don't need to like scope out their whole board or anything that like that. True, so it's nice yeah. to be like, oh, you've got three predators, I've got four, so i got a little bit of wiggle room before I need to go for my conservation or... You know, um, I, I don't want to risk it. I'm going to like I, I like that it's very easy to see the tags uh, in that format. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I have just a couple of so there's a couple of other things we said at that podcast. So I'm just curious where we where we land on. So I can't remember if this was the game where we can't where Nick, you coined that phrase uh, game of restrictions or if it was something else that I just started using it around the so time. Same. Stand by. It was this game. Was a hundred percent. So stand by. I, I'd almost forgotten that we'd said that about this game because I now I now use that term all the time. Do you still feel like this is a game of restrictions? Yeah, it's. I, I think it's. I feel like I'm playing, and, and this is not a criticism. It's it's like just a comment. I feel like I'm playing to make sure that I don't put myself into a bad corner more often than playing to do something explosive or amazing. Um, so, you know, I, I'm careful about when I'm going to run out of money, what's going to happen with my cards and if I'm going to have to, you know, discard them or how can I use them beforehand? I was very bad at that in the game that we just played. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the kind of stuff that I, it keeps me up at night, you know? So it, it, I do think it's a game of restrictions. I do stand by that. And, and I don't think that makes it bad. I just, I just, to me, that is what it is, you know? And to me that, that lends itself towards the, you know, tactical nature that we've been talking about. Yeah, I think if anything, you know, for me, Ark Nova has has forced me to become a better tactical player. Like to to I really this game 
I think in a really good way, really exercises that muscle of like, you can't do everything. You have to let things go. I can only focus on like one plan in my hand or maybe the plan, maybe the cards in my hand, they don't work with the goals or they don't work with the way my action cards are laid out. Like you just, there's a lot of times where you just, you have to make a choice and you have to kind of go with that. BGA also, I think for all of its, its pluses and minuses, it, it also forces me, there's no take backs. I mean, we talked a lot about how nice it is amongst us that we often kind of let ourselves kind of fix things and adjust things. And we ran yeah. into that several times tonight. Yep. You can't, you can't take it back. That is a, that downside of, of playing on that particular medium. And, um, you know, I think this is a game that, that does benefit from that when you have the opportunity to do that. I think that helps a little bit with, with letting it be a little bit more forgiving. But I also think, you know, to kind of circle back on, on kind of where we started and, and where we are now, one big thing that, that has kind of come up is, is, is knowing the arc, the arc of this game, the timing of this game helps, I think, with understanding those restrictions. And and like, I know something we didn't do in our first game, which I've reflected on a lot. is like, we didn't understand that you like needed to break. We didn't understand that you like needed to play the sponsor's card for money, that the sponsor's card is like your way of controlling the tempo, your right. way of giving yourself money. We thought and, it was like, and Oh, then, in the last worst case scenario, yeah. <laughs> use it for <laughs> yeah. money and move the break. And now it's like, Oh no, like 80% of the time I time. smash that thing to, to move the coffee break token. Yeah, exactly. To make that happen. And, and, and that's so essential because that first break is kind of everything. And I remember that actually being another thing, Nick, that you, you kind of wanted to lop off like the first round of the game. And I'm curious if you, either of you still kind of feel that way that the, the, the beginning of the game is too slow or it feels like, you know, I think Arc Nova preludes would be an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel the same way, John? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, really? I, yeah, I do. I, I, well, I guess it depends on the context. Like I don't mind playing it the way it is forever. Um, I, I don't necessarily need it to be shorter because I know what I'm getting into and I sit down to play the game, but going back to first impressions, I, I just can't, help but focus on the people who would potentially love this game that are never going to play it a second time because they had such a miserably long first play. Mm. And I think for that, mm-hmm. the Ark Nova Prelude type thing would be amazing. Like, like so many people like this game already. Imagine if it didn't have this frequent, awful first impression. <laughs> would it be number 100%. one? 100%. No, you're right. Now, and not you're just not, number four? Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> All right, so final question, guys. To this is the one thing that I remember from this podcast. Before I went and re-listened to it, this was the only thing that I I really remembered all through these eighteen months was Nick saying uh, it wasn't worth the work. So I want to know now, Nick, was it worth the work? Yeah, I was wrong. I don't you don't play something fifty <laughs> or sixty times and you're like, no, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I'll I'll eat those words. <laughs> I think it's certainly worth the uh, effort to get into it. You know, it's yeah, only playing a, a lowly 18 games. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think it's, it, it, it's worth it. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely had a, an arc. <laughs> We're using it all. T- <laughs> I, I, I had a, I've had an arc. It's a drinking this game. game. As well. I Every know, time right? we say arc in this game, <laughs> in this podcast. I remember when I played it uh, seven times, uh, which was relatively soon after we had recorded that episode. Um, at that point, I had played, if I remember correctly, all of the asymmetric boards. Maybe I'd played it eight times. Um, but I played all the boards except map zero. I don't think I ever got around to playing that one. But that's a, a training <laughs> wheels map. So, And I remember feeling like, okay, well, I think I'm kind of 
done with Ark Nova. Like I, I tried all the maps, I played them all once, and uh, my my motivation kind of lulled a lot, and I didn't really touch it for a couple of months. And and I think that's probably around when I made that top ten list, and I put it in the number two slot. <laughs> and um and then I think my wife Jessica was like one day she's like, hey, let, we haven't played Ark Nova in a couple of months, let's play it. So we played a game, and I was like, oh man, this is really fun. And suddenly I found myself wanting to play it again, and we played it like within the next week, and then again and again. And so I just wanted to articulate this this interesting curve of excitement where like. You know, the first play was terrible, and then the second and third play, I was like starting to get really high on it all the way up, and then I lulled again around the seven or eight, and now I feel like I'm just going up and up and up. Like I feel like every single time I play it now, and I'm up to play eighteen, um, I'm even more enthusiastic about it. And and I I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just because I finally fully come to accept what kind of game it is and the kind of experience I'm going to be getting from it. Um, and maybe I'm just so used to not playing games all that often that I kind of figured I was done with it um, when I'm actually not. And so to come full circle back to your question that I already answered, uh, yeah, it was totally worth it. Um, I think even just for those seven games, you know, even if I never actually went back to it and picked it up, I think that's that's a lot of fun that I had in those um, in those experiences. Uh, and especially so now that it's it's just continuing on into the sunset for me and apparently all of us yeah well everyone thanks for listening to us talk about this game for a second time yes. clearly it just <laughs> for another there, hour persistent <laughs> consistent well as we mentioned earlier we're trying to get nominated for the golden geeks don't forget to check in the the comments so you can uh you can see the link that you need to click on so that you can, can get us up there and get us nominated we'd really appreciate it uh, and other than that, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, if you want to comment on this, make sure you head over to YouTube. You can put comments in the YouTube version of this podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks.